everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Empire Mansers podcast. I am your host, Ezra. I'm Charlie. Today, we are going to be doing our Phantom Premonition deck upgrade. This is Kaldheim Commander. We've also got some cool new spoilers from Strixhaven to talk about. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. Welcome in. Let's let's jump into this. We're, we're talking about the blue-white pre-con. Uh, we're doing a budget upgrade. We're going to do 15 cards in, 15 cards out, and we're also actually going to be doing a commander change, so we should probably read both of those commanders. Yeah, hold um, on. It it looks like uh, something was a little messed up at the start there. I don't know if you heard my hello. I'm looking at the uh, recording. It looks like the audio tracks, uh, whatever. Hopefully, um, I, nothing messes up. All right. We should be all right. Let's... Uh, we Let's should be it. fine. I will fix everything in our, in editing. All right. So, uh, Charlie, why don't you read Renar? I'd love to. Renar, the ever-watchful, is two, a white and a blue, for a 2-3 legendary creature, spirit warrior, with flying and vigilance. And the first card you foretell each turn costs zero to foretell. And whenever you exile one or more cards from your hand and or permanence from the battlefield, create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. Uh, Foretell means during your turn you may pay 2 and exile this card from your hand face face down, and you can cast it on a later turn for its foretell cost. Um, So yeah, Renar is just like... A foretell commander. It's decent. It's not like anything crazy. Uh, it's kind of just a pretty f- fine value engine. Um, but uh, do you want to talk about the main problem with having a foretell value commander? Yeah. So a... the issue with having just a foretell value commander is that it doesn't really it, the it, the deck straight out of the box and with like just a couple of budget upgrades wasn't going to be quite as powerful as we wanted it to. So we wanted to make this deck as powerful as possible. And Fortel wasn't going to get there. There was very few ways to win. Yeah, it, how it many how that many, this deck was going to be pretty weak. How many Fortel cards did we do we know that like exist? How many was it? I think in blue white there were only like 27. And in a deck that you want to be synergy based, you really want 35 synergy based cards. Yeah, it does look it's like it's twenty seven, and that's assuming that all of the cards are like remotely playable. Uh, right, a lot of them, which are they not. are not. <laughs> yeah, and there are some cards in this deck that have foretell that we're leaving in, but a lot of the foretell cards were just bad, and so we yeah. ended up tossing and them like, because it didn't do anything. I'd say playing a bad card at a reduced price is probably worse than playing a good card at normal price. Exactly, and so. We are going to be taking another commander that actually comes straight in the precon. They give it to you, and we're moving that from the 99 into the command zone. That is Brago, King Eternal. Brago is two white and a blue for a legendary creature. Spirit Noble, Brago is a 2-4 with flying, and when Brago, King Eternal, deals combat damage to a player, exile any number of non-token permanents you control, then return those cards to the battlefield under their control. So Brago, obviously, I mean, it should be decently obvious. I mean, just comparing the two, Brago is a much stronger commander because of that blinking of all your permanents can be so powerful. 
Also, I'm just naturally drawn to this card because I love blinking things. Rune yeah, is my and deck, so. coincidentally, with a lot of foretell, there's actually a lot of overlap with uh, blink, partly because of ETBs and partly because of exiling and coming to the battlefield from exile. Um, so it works out, especially with yeah, our... There's just very little support for Renard, and it didn't feel like... The one one spirits that was your whole payoff, and it didn't feel like that was all that powerful. And so, thus, we are playing Brago as our commander, and as so, we're taking out fifteen cards and putting in fifteen cards. Uh, and and uh, Renault is strong enough to be in the deck because those tokens are useful, just not in the command zone. So we're moving Renault. That is our first in. Is we're just swapping those two. Renault goes to main deck. Brago goes to command zone. Um, yeah, I mean, also, it, it just feels a little disrespectful. You know, we're already kind of, like, killing Renara. You know, it's kind of spitting on its grave if we took it out of the deck entirely. Right. So it is It is going into the uh, into the 99. But let's start talking about the cards that we're going to put in. We can talk less briefly about these 15 cards we're taking out, because most of them, they're just foretell cards. We're not saying they're bad. We're not saying they're bad cards and you shouldn't play them. We're just saying they don't fit in this deck because we changed it to a blink deck. Um, yeah, and, you know, with uh, blink decks, the thing you really want to be doing is blinking, not foretelling. Um, so, I mean, it's it, it would make sense that we would take out some foretell. Yep. And so, for, so when we were referring to blinking, we were referring to exiling stuff and having it re-enter the battlefield to trigger its enter the battlefield abilities. So I think right here we have, we're putting in 14 cards that all want to enter the battlefield. <laughs> and one other card that just happens to be good. So <laughs> let's just start reading reading our 14 blink targets. Charlie, why don't you talk about our first card? Yeah, kind of the quintessential uh, ETB card, or one of them. It's Palace Jailer. Uh, Palace Jailer is two white white for a 2-2 two, two creature human soldier with when Palace Jailer enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. And when Palace Jailer enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until an opponent becomes the monarch? Whoa. Um, Palace Jailer is a ridiculously powerful card. Um, it's not in exile until it leaves the battlefield or until Palace Jailer leaves the battlefield. And you become the Monarch every time it enters. Monarch, not only being an interesting mechanic to introduce to the game, allows you to draw a card. So it's immediately drawing you a card on your end step whenever you blink it. You're always getting back Monarch. You're always exiling a creature. And it isn't terribly easy to get Monarch um, as an opponent from any player. So this is just, it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's very strong. It's repeatable exile. Just being able to just throw things in the jail cell. Uh, I know I like blinking my uh, fiend fiend hunter type cards uh, with rune. It's very fun. You can just get rid of people's commanders. It's so versatile. It just removes everything. Yes. Next, we've got another versatile removal spell. Um, we've got duplicate. Duplicate is six mana for an artifact creature shapeshifter. It has imprint. When Duplicant enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-token creature. As long as a card exiled with Duplicant is a creature card, 
Duplicant has the power, toughness, and creature types of the last creature card exiled with Duplicant. It's still a shapeshifter. We don't really care about that part. It's just that it's six mana, exile a creature. That's it. It doesn't give it back when it leaves. It just exiles it. So every time we blink the duplicate, we just get to exile something. And it's permanently exiled duplicate. And if we exile something big, then duplicates become something big. Very strong. Um, yeah, the the big kind of thing with Palace Jailer and Duplicate is that they don't um, bring the creature back when, say, Duplicate leaves the battlefield. It's a permanent exile, um, and you can do it multiple times. So that's what makes them so incredibly good, especially in a Blink deck. Yeah, Palace Jailer, they can get it back, and they have to deal damage, but they have to deal damage to you. You know, that's, that's no uh, small task, though. And you just keep getting Monarch back, and it's so good. Um, yeah, this is kind of a fun one. It's Omen of the Sea. is one in a blue for an enchantment with Flash, and when it enters the battlefield, you scry two, then draw a card. And you can pay two in blue and sacrifice Omen of the Sea to scry two. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit like Opt, in that it's just kind of a cantrip. But this is an enchantment and the ETB scry to and draw card. This means that with it, we play it. It's, it's not a terrible rate just to cast once. Um, and then every turn we get to scry to and draw a card if we blink it with Brago. So it's just some nice value that if we can't get Brago, it doubles as a, a fine cantrip. Right, and we can always sack it to scry to if we need to. Yeah. All right, next we've got Reflector Mage, which is one white and a blue for a creature human wizard. When Reflector Mage enters the battlefield, return target creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. That creature's owner can't cast spells with that name as that creature until your next turn. It's a 2-3. So essentially it delays it for one turn. So it, it mana wars it back to their hand and then silences that card. Oh, uh, Meddling Mage is that card for one turn. Uh, So it's just very strong, just being able to repeatedly just bounce stuff to their hand, to your opponent's hands, stop them from playing it for one turn. When they finally do replay it, bounce it again. Uh, Just a nice loop to get into. How about the next card? Um, Yeah, so next up, this is Sphere of the Suns is two mana, colorless, for an artifact, with... uh, Spear of the Suns enters battlefield tapped and with three charge counters on it, and you can tap and remove a charge counter from Sphere of the Suns to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Um, I mean, it's not the best, but it's kind of fun. It's cute. It's just repeatedly, you can you can just always get it. It's just always a two mana mana list. It'll enter tapped, but you can, when it runs out of charge counters, you blink it comes back it's a cheap it's one of the only cheap two mana mana rocks remaining so we're gonna play it because it's cheaper than the signet uh yep. money wise actually the signets may be in the deck okay signets in the deck and so is soul ring so um all right next card is trial of knowledge which is three and a blue for an enchantment when trial of knowledge enters the battlefield draw three cards then discard a card when a codice enters the battlefield under your control return trial of knowledge to its owner's hand that's useless codices we're not playing any of them so um Trial of Knowledge is just here as a repeatable way to draw three and discard a card. That's like that's a very good rate, just being able to just blink it and draw three, discard one. 
perfectly fine, right? All right. Yeah. Now we have a fun <laughs> one. This is this is one of Charlie's spicy I'm, ads. Okay, so I'm I'm a little excited to talk about this one. Um, this is Transmogrifying Wand. It's three mana for an artifact. With Transmogrifying Wand, enters the battlefield with three charge counters on it. And you can pay one, tap, and remove a charge counter from Transmogrifying Wand to destroy target creature. Uh, and its controller creates a 2-4 white ox creature token. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. So, you know, maybe not the best in competitive tables, but I just feel like if I was playing against a Brago and they had a Transmogrifying Wand and they just killed my Moltrotha, every time and i was left with a bunch of ox oxen i would feel pretty annoyed i mean the fact that it's a two four ox just makes it that much better yeah it's um it's just pretty fun is your, your mic good there my mic good yeah what about now is made a little now? seems like it you made a little your mic made like a, a noise that is that is very possible. All right. Well, um, whatever. It, whatever might be happening with Ezra's mic. Uh, Transmogrifying Wand, it's not the best, like, competitive-wise, but it's just so fun. Like, you get to flicker it, and it's, it's infinite ox. Well, mostly infinite destruction, but also infinite ox. Charlie, we have made a mistake. I forgot to put Siren of the Fanged Coast in our upgrades. We just talked about this last week. We were talking about it right before I... We were doing <laughs> And after we talked about it, I forgot to put it in, even though that was... I, I was wondering where that one went. Okay, I, I, I found where we were putting it, though. Alright, it is, it is going to be our 15th card. Alright. We will talk about that later. Alright, next we've got Reality Acid, which is 2 and a blue for an enchantment or uh, enchant permanent. Vanishing 3, which means it ETBs with 3 time counters on it, and at the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter from it. When the last is removed, you sacrifice it. And when Reality Acid leaves the battlefield, Enchanted Permanent's controller sacrifices it. The Vanishing doesn't matter. We're just gonna blink, we're gonna stick it on something, blink it, uh, they have to sacrifice it. Attach it to something else, blink it, they have to sacrifice it. This is just repeatable, make them sacrifice it, get around uh, indestructible. doesn't get around hexproof, but, um... Yeah, you, you just, this is very good. It is just very good. Alright, let's go move on to our next card. Um... Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, reality acid is really good. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I just lost my train of thought a little bit there. We're on confounding conundrum. It's one in a blue for an enchantment. When when confounding conundrum enters the battlefield, ooh, it's hard to say. Draw a card. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player had another land entered the battlefield under their control this turn. They return the land they control to its owner's hand. That is very confusing. We've talked about this card before. It's just the anti-ramp, right? Anti-land ramp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's a cantrip, so 
Yep, linking it with Brago. You just can't go wrong. It's it's cheap, it can be powerful, but it cantrips, so there's there's nothing wrong with it. Next we've got Okay Omancer, totally favorite. Two blue blue for a creature, human wizard, one two. When Okeomancer okay, enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. It's perfect with Brago. You just get to uh, blink it and get back whatever instants and sorceries are sitting in your graveyard. We do play a, co a couple of great ones. Looping this with, I don't know, any any type of draw spell is quite strong. Uh, Okeomancer okay, is generically good. Up next here, we have Lavinia of the Tenth. Um... Lavinia is three, a white and a blue for a 4-4 four, four legendary creature, human soldier, with protection from red. And, when Lavinia enters the battlefield, detain each non-land permanent your opponent's control with CMC 4 or less. Uh, detain means that until your next turn, those permanents can't attack or block and their activated abilities can't be activated. So, Ezra, I have a question. Yep. When something says until your next turn but you do it on all of your turns yeah mm. yeah so you just you permanently detaining all of their cmc4 greater um four less but oh four yeah, less just about i mean no, no, four is greater, there i think there's the pre-combat damage step um well they can yes. yeah they can do it in your draw phase your upkeep your main phase and before damage. That's the only time where they can do stuff with their... Um, but, I mean, that's not very long. Right, and, and they can't do anything sorcery speed. They can't attack or block. Prime Speaker Vanifar well, is very sad. <laughs> yeah, so this this is um, very, very strong, to, to put it, you know, in a few words. Uh, permanent detaining of all permanent non-land permanents your opponent control with cmc4 or less just i wouldn't be surprised if your opponent's conceded on spot yeah I, I i think i could agree with that unless they have a way um unless they have a way to like board wipe or board wipe or something <sighs> all right um my, the next card up here is time wipe which is two white, white, and a blue for sorcery. Return a creature you control to its owner's hand, then destroy all creatures. You just get to save whatever's best, then wreck everything. Uh, if you want to save Brago, you can put it in your hand. If you want to save your palace jailer or your duplicate or whatever, then you save that and then you wreck everything. Uh, it's just a good board wipe. All right, what about card number 13? Yeah, this is a little bit of a fun one, I'd say. This is Fall from Favor. It's two and a blue for an enchantment, Aura, with Enchant Creature. When Fall from Favor enters the battlefield, tap Enchanted Creature and you become the Monarch. Enchanted Creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step unless that player is the Monarch. Ooh. So, what does this mean? Let's uh let's figure it out. Well, it's literally the exact well, same as Palace Jailer, except it just taps it instead of exiling it. Yeah, basically, it's kind of like worse three mana Palace Jailer. And Palace Jailer is one of the better cards in this deck. So yeah. So um, in addition to being a lock on a creature, it allows you 
to become the monarch of return and with the monarch you draw on your end step so this basically in addition to saying uh it's tap and not untapping text draw a card at the beginning of your end step yeah i mean it's, it's very good that's that is just generically very strong all right and because we can assemble these locks, and the only way to really get rid of these locks is is removal or um, removal or board wipes. We've got make a stand here, which is two and a white for an instant creatures you control get plus one plus zero and gain indestructible. I'm very fond of this card. Um, being able to just save your whole board in a stick, sticky situation, and also be a potential finisher when you have go wide tokens from Renault or stuff of the sort. Uh, I think make a stand is very strong. Um, that was one that I added late, so I'm not sure if that one's in the deck already. Uh, I could double check on that while you talk about our last card, which is uh, Siren of the sure. Um Yeah, so Siren of the Fan Coast, we've talked about it in uh, the previous episode, which was our Elves uh, deck upgrade. I've already forgotten the name of the commander, but yeah, so... Siren of the Fan Coast is three blue blue for a 1-1 creature, Siren with flying, and tribute three, which means as this creature enters the battlefield, an opponent of your choice may place three plus one plus one counters on it. Uh, it says may because when Siren of the Fan Coast enters the battlefield, if tribute wasn't paid, gain control of target creature. Uh, so we talked about it in the last episode, but I'm happy to talk about it again. It's so good. The way um, I'm, Ezra and I are pretty certain this works is you choose who can decide um, who pays the tribute. So you can choose player player one, uh, which we'll say is Miles. And Miles doesn't have too much going on. So he says, no, I won't. I won't pay tribute. You can gain control of target creature. I don't really have that anything that good. But Ezra, on, on the other hand, has, uh, you know, uh, Stormtide Leviathan out. I don't play Stormtide. it works... Here, what about Nyxbloom Ancient? Sure, Nyxbloom Ancient. So, player one doesn't choose to pay, and so you get to gain control of a creature of another player. And everyone knows this. So it works out really well if a player is seeming to be the arch enemy... Uh, and you can work with another player in order to steal a creature for five mana in addition to getting a 1-1 flying body. And this is an ETB effect, so you can do it every turn. Or every, you know, every one of your turns. Yep, every one of your turns, you can steal a creature. How's that for... It is a little bit rel dependent on, you know, what your opponents are doing. But I think that the likelihood is with, like, the amount of politicking and persuading you can do... It, when it you know when it comes down to it, it's probably going to be a gain control of target creature uh, every time it enters the battlefield until it dies. Yep, for sure a very strong card. All right, um, all right. Let's take a short break to uh, well, that is our fifteen in. Let's take a short break to talk about the new cards from Strixhaven. Uh, yeah. Well, let's just talk about Strixhaven first. This is okay. This is so cool. I mean, I'm excited for Strixhaven. I I was kind of so-so on Kaltan. I don't know. I, I like the set. I like the flavor. 
Standard was unfun, so I haven't played Magic in a while. <laughs> I haven't played Arena, just to be honest. I haven't been playing a lot of Arena. Hearthstone has been in a pretty good place, so I've been playing the H game. Maybe we'll talk about that more on some podcast sometime, but um, this might be the thing to bring me back, because this looks sweet. I mean, you're just taking all these classic um, like classic fantasy uh like like academies and schools and colleges from like all the different literature like the amount of times where they've had like a magical like where they have a magical school with teenagers and college students and that type of thing there's a lot of YA literature like this so I mean I, I think this does appeal a lot to the younger side of the audience and also people who are just like you just like Harry Potter and so Strixhaven appears to be very cool and I really like these five um the five schools that they have. So uh, we, we can go through the schools. There's um, the first school is Silver Quill, uh, which is yep. white, black. And I think, hang on, I got to find the. I can, I can do them. I have them. Oh, you have the. Lorehold. Okay, so Lorehold. Yep. Lorehold is Boros. Boros, and that's the. Prismari. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about the. Well, let's just go through one by one and read there command yeah okay, so well, why don't we why don't we okay yeah the, you can do that you can do it the cards after prismari which is is that wither bloom which as you might have guessed is golgar it's a pretty golgari name and quandrix which is uh had to be semic yeah okay so lorehold uh and is so what what we've seen here is each of them has a, a command you know, um, such as Coligan's. Yeah, like Coligan's command, command Ramoka's command. Um, yeah, so this is completing the command. cycle of commands. Yeah. Uh, and the commands are, are very powerful. They were cards. really strong back in standard. I mean, Coligan's is Coligan's really good. is good in Ramoka's is solid. Ramoka's is better in commander. Uh, Silmago's command is bad. Uh, it's fine in commander. I've played it a couple of times. Um, the last one is this is K command. Atarkas. It was Atarkas command, but I was thinking, what was the last one? It was, it's all the allied. So white, blue, blue, black, black, red, red, green. Oh, green, white. Ojutai's. Ojutai. Ojutai, right, right. So Ojutai's command. That one's bad, um, right? Ojutai's command is just bad. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, you know, Ojutai's is bad. Whatever. Okay, so well, we can start talking about these. They are all uh, instants that. Oh, both colors, they all have choose two out of four. And that was the same as the ones back in Tokir. Um, so Lorehold is the red-white college. They're all about history. Uh, there's elephants, from what I see there. Loxodons, as they'd be called <laughs> in magic, I guess. But um, So yeah, Lorehold Command is three red and a white for an instant. Choose two, create a 3-2 red and white spirit creature token. Creatures you control, uh, and the next one is creatures you control get plus one plus zero oh and gain indestructible and haste until end of turn. The next one is lightning helix, uh, and then the last one is sacrifice a permanent then draw two cards. That one's weird. Oh wait, what? Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Am I just seeing straight unconditional card draw in red white? No way. You have to sacrifice a permanent. Yeah, but it's still unconditional. You can sack a 1-1. One, one. 
That's that's unconditional code draw on red white. Have we ever seen that before? Mm. I mean, I guess it's not 100% unconditional. It is 5 mana. But it's 2 cards. And just imagine, it's just Lightning Helix stapled to Alter's Reef, right? I guess. I think those are the ones you're using most often. I mean, the... That's too expensive. It just seems like really expensive Boros Charm, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Boros Charm's still winning over this one. Alright, um... Alright, why don't you read the Prismari command? This is blue-red, they're like theater. And... Oh, and uh, fire and water and that sort of thing. It's one blue and red for a instant. Choose two. Prismari command deals two damage to any target. Target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. Target player creates a treasure token and destroy target artifact. <laughs> they couldn't have pushed these a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, this is just worse um, is it charm at this point, right? Like the last one was bad boy charm and this one's bad is it charm. Is it charm has counter target non creature spell? It's spell pierce or shock or frantic search, right? Um, spell pierce or shock. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's is it. That's is it charm. Um, well, you don't get to untap. Wait, not untap. I just meant the draw two, draw two discard two. Um, yeah, diligent researcher effect. Um, oh, uh, faithless looting. My bad. Okay, <laughs> couldn't remember what that card was. But this is shock, faithless uh, looting, but for smell or make a treasure token. Seems bad. Seems it's really three bad. mana. And it doesn't counter a spell. Yeah. So I'm not not a huge fan. I mean, it, it provides some versatility, so I don't hate it. But I wouldn't say it's you know an outstanding card either. Yeah. Next we've got probably going to be cheap and playable in commander. Yeah, I think it's still playable in commander. Uh, next, we've got Quandrix, which is, they're all about math and science and cool stuff like that. Uh, Quandrix command is one green and a blue f instant. Choose two. Uh, return target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand. Counter target artifact or enchantment spell. Put two counters, uh, one on counters on target creature. Target player shuffles up to three target cards from the graveyard into the library. I think the, the the last Tarkir command cycle was just so strong that they're just like, nope, we're not going to push these at all. And I was just bad. None of these are effects are really good. Okay, so the first one's one yeah, mana. I mean, it's three mana. The second one's one mana. The second, the third one's two mana, and the last one's one mana. I mean, I guess you get the versatility, but none of them are good. I guess a null yes. plus unsummon is pretty strong. Playable. In yeah, no, a playable in commander because you can counter good artifact or enchantment spell. All right, why don't you read Silver Is Quill? It I don't know. Silver Quill. Sure. Silver Quill command is two, a white and a black for a sorcery. A sorcery. Choose two. Target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains flying until end of turn. Return target creature card with mana value. Mana value. Yep. They, oh, they just changed that. It's no longer converted mana cost. That was too long. It's now. Mana value. Mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Target player draws a card and loses one life. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. I'm still gonna say CMC. It, I, you know, no mana value. As, as a Gen up. Zer, what? I'm gonna MV. Can we just call it MV? MV MV rather uh, than CMC. 
I I was raised a certain way, Ezra. I think this is like (laughs) Mill. Mill, we've been saying forever. No one has ever called it mana value. I don't understand why this needed to be changed. I guess it does make sense for newer players. What's a converted mana cost? Yeah, I guess when they took away the add to your mana pool, the colored mana into colorless. Yeah, and that one made more a little bit. No, that one didn't make sense either. I mean, I guess it made more sense rules-wise, but it didn't make sense for newer players. You can't stop me from saying CMC. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it too. I mean, some of the stuff was well-liked, the changes. Okay, I'm saying this, players. but I feel like the probability is actually pretty likely. I start saying MV at some point. <laughs> It'll um, take it probably the next year of us podcasting. I'm gonna, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay... I'm going to say CMC until there's a good card printed that says mana value. And this is not a good card. This is mana value. Uh, even no, though this not. is this is definitely my college. Um, I am white black anyways. And battle poetry with biting arcane insults sounds super cool. So, I mean, it's not bad. Target creature gets plus three, plus three in flying. Return target creature card with CMC. Two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Draw a card and lose a life. Or sac- yeah, but, target opponent sacrifices a creature. Oh, it's, it's a not sorcery terrible. too. All of the modes are It's decent. a sorcery also though. Yeah, could be worse. I guess they want don't want instant speed reanimation. I don't know this. In standard, you're just gonna play Call of the Death Dweller, right? It's just better. Yeah, probably. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's fine, Commander. Just, just not good. Right? I mean, we might be incredibly wrong about all these. Okay, well, meanwhile, this yeah. code's actually really good. Um, all right, tell me. This is Witherbloom. Witherbloom is. Uh, all about biology. One of my less favorite subjects. <laughs> uh, Witherbloom command is black and a green for a sorcery. Choose two. Target player mills three cards. Then you return a land card from your battle, from your graveyard to your hand. Destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana. Here we go again. Mana value two or less. Target creature gets minus three, minus one until end of turn. Target opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Well, no, Atoka is a command. This is not. Destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value two or less. This seems the best. Yeah, it's a sorcery. It's a, it's a sorcery. Trophy. It's yeah, obviously it's worse than assassin trophy and abrupt decay. I mean, they're both. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I think it's non-creature, non-land is kind of restrictive, but it has potential to be decent. For two um, mana, commander. though. Kill Soul Ring. It can also just draw you a card by milling three and getting your land back. I mean... I'd consider playing Imeldrotha, maybe. Probably right, because it mills three, yeah. I guess. Kind of yeah, bad. Yeah, it's kind of bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, out of uh, all we'll these... See. I mean, I'm excited for this set, but these are all really, like, very tame. I don't know. I need to see them in play. I think that it's really hard to judge this kind of card... Uh, just because they're so situational, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we have one more thing to talk about, and this is Mystical Archive. And so this... I feel like I've seen this this exact kind of thing, but with, like, five different names. Yeah, I mean, it's like they always do it, except the difference here except... is that these are in normal booster packs and legal and limited. That's right, you heard that here. Demonic Tutor is going to be a Mythic Rare in, Cal- in Strixhaven Limited. Oh my god, that that R is so is like that's not Seb. Oh wait, who is this? The do you see the the, the D tutor Japanese? Oh, the the Japanese one. 
There, it looks like. Well, there's the. Was that a geisha? Is that what it's called? Oh, the geisha. Um, and the one that looks like it's from anim an anime. That is incredible. I mean, oh no, that uh, geisha. That's not a geisha. The geisha is like the spirited away thing, right? Geisha is like the 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 ghost from like traditional women. Away. Oh nope, that's not a geisha then. Wait, what's what's a geisha? Uh, like the a Japanese hostess trained to entertain men with conversation, dance, and song. Yeah, that's not what I'm thinking about then. No, yeah, I'm, <laughs> it's like it's not it's not samurai, but oh, actually, that is a samurai. So, it it, it think it's a samurai. Yeah. The, the swords to plowshares art. Are you looking at that? Yeah, the swords to plowshares ones is definitely a samurai. What's this new one? That's that, a samurai. The demonic tutor one is. Look at that. Well, <laughs> you got to make that the the cover of the 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 podcast episode. Yeah, we'll put that as the episode thumbnail. That it's that is pretty astonishing. Yeah, the oft one is really cool. Um, wow, that's unfortunately they're going to be about five hundred. Really good. Uh, we'll and they're in them. Japanese. We'll look at them on our computer that's kind of awesome. on our computer screens. I would not advise trying to buy. Yeah, these I'll make I'll make it my background. That's that's about as close as I'm going to get to yeah. it. Um. Yeah, that's awesome. Super cool. So yeah, how does the this mystical archive? Okay, so there's 63 of them. They're from across time. They're not affecting format legality. <laughs> okay, so they're not in standard, but if you open one in a draft, tutor away. You'll receive one copy in each draft booster, and each set booster, and in e in three in each collector booster. What? You, so you, you're telling me you can open a demonic tutor from this? These are incredible. This is... Oh my god, this... Like, I, I there, can't get over this. I the, might just open Strixhaven packs, just because... We can't get those. Those are only in Japan. <laughs> well, I'm moving to Japan. Yeah. Well, you can buy seriously. the Japanese draft boosters, which are always really expensive. I they guess. did this with War of the Spark I'm... too, where you got the Japanese super cool ones. I really, I just like that art. I'd yeah. get a like a painting of it. <laughs> All right. I mean the swords art. Yeah, it is it's very amazing. All right, so we can. All right, let's let's finish the episode. Finish up the episode. We don't need to read these cards. They're basically all very self-explanatory. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go through them pretty quick here. Yep. Um, Why don't you start? You know, sure. Sage of the Beyond. All these cards are kind of just like mediocre cards, mostly foretell. But um, uh, Sage of the Beyond, five blue blue, five five creature, spirit giant with flying spells. You cast from anywhere other than your hand cost two less to cast. Foretell for four and a blue. Uh, literally only for foretell, and like, yeah, we're not on the foretell deck anymore. Mist, Mist Hollow Raven, or is that what it's called? Mist Hollow Raven, not sure. Um, I'll check. All right, well, there's Soitland Elementalist, which I don't need to read. It's just bad, and there's literally no reason why it's in the deck. Evangel of Heliod, um, is just it six mana, and when it ETBs, you get soldiers equal to your devotion to white. It's just so inefficient that we're not playing it. Mist Raven oh, is Mist Hollow Griffin. Mist Hollow Griffin lets you cast stuff from exile. Yeah, um, Mist Raven is four mana, flying mana wolf. That's it. Uh, Thunderclap Wyvern is four mana, 
three three flying two three, two, three flash flying. flying it gives your other, other creatures, creatures flying, plus one plus one and it's just like I'm it's just not a. Not I'm just a thinking of these off my head. I don't really need to look at them up. I mean, we we looked at them earlier. Stormhood is ten mana. You get one one white Pegasi equal to your life to all. This is just too much mana. Iron Vodic. Just like. Yeah. Um. Just like play other cards. Just play other cards. Two and a white. Instant deal five damage to a tapped creature. Fortel for a white. Not a good rate. Arcane Artisan. You do exile y stuff. Uh, we're not exiling. Arcane Artisan is a fun it's card. It's a fun card, but least. we don't have any like big stuff to cheat in with it. Yeah, it's, it's not an Eldrazi deck, yeah. so... Um, not then really we've got Nico place. Defies Destiny, which is a saga that completely relies on Fortel, so we're not playing it. Vega the Watcher. Yeah, it's like... it was. I was, I was like reading it, I was like, oh, this seems good. Um, nope. It's so... Actually, I want to read this. One white-blue... Um, on one, you gain two life. On two, add white blue. Add three. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Except you gain two life for each foretold <laughs> card you own in exile. Two, add white blue. Spend this man only to foretell cards or for cast spells that have foretell. On three, return target card with foretell from your graveyard to Could your hand. So oh my good. god. It literally... If it just didn't say anything with Fortel, I still think it would have been fine. Yeah. All right. Vega the Watcher. It's <sighs> one white and a blue. It's like a 2-2 flyer. Whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, you draw a card. We're not doing that anymore. Cloud Goat Ranger. That's just bad. It's a token generator. Um, yeah, it makes Kithkins, <laughs> and it can get flying if you tap <laughs> all, all your of your Kithkins. Uh, Day of the Dragons. Just don't even think about it. Gold Knight Commander. Three and a white. It, whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, all your creatures get plus one, plus one. Just too inefficient. Not what we wanted to be doing. Ethereal Valkyrie is 100% just like Nico Defies Destiny. You just, every single word says foretell. Uh, and then the last one is Synthetic Destiny, which uh, it confounds me why this is in the deck ever. Why, why this code is good. Are we playing... Are we playing Jilly? Right? Yeah, it's is like that's just a polymorph. It's just or a something? polymorph card. It's it's mass polymorph it's... for some reason. Right? Why do you want to exile your, your own Brago? Like, oh great, I get to get rid of my commander and all of my one one birds to get a bunch of crappy two twos with foretell. Yep, that's why we changed it to a blink deck. Uh, yeah. So I I think I care more about just the art, the Japanese art for shorts to. Swords to Plowshares. I care more about that than I do all of these fifteen <laughs> cards. Okay, well, so make that your computer art background, and then be happy for the whole set of Strixhaven, and then you don't need to buy any sealed product. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we advocate for you to do in the podcast. Make yourself happy by not spending money. Um. Well, that does it for Caltime. That wraps it up for the whole set of Caltime. Uh, one month after its release, we are finally done with Caltime. Hey, we're pretty close. Um, our next episode is going to be and probably not that exciting, actually, but it's going to be the the one year anniversary. One year anniversary. Yeah, we are going to be looking back on one year of the Young Pyromancers podcast. Um, we're almost to episode fifty. It'll not be. It will not be episode fifty. But um, I think it'll be like forty-eight or forty. Yeah, it'll be the one-year anniversary, and I don't know. We're just gonna talk about 
stuff. It'll be a short episode. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend 15 minutes talking about slurk combos, slurk combos, slurk and you can't stop ingesting. me. Well, that does it for the show. And thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review, do all the normal yeah. stuff. Email us at youngpyrocast at gmail dot com. Send us a voice yeah, message uh, on Anchor. We uh, appreciate you for making it all the way to the end. Yeah, if you're We're listening to this. That... <laughs> yeah, glad you made it. Glad you made um, it, and you're not dead of corona. Um, We're almost there. We just received word that we're going back to school, so. <laughs> that, that will be enjoyable. Well, admittedly, a few months from now, but, you know, it's a. Uh... It's it's been a long it's been a long year. Let's just say that um, when we look back on February, when we're looking back one year, we're looking back on one year of the most interesting thing I did was walk outside of my house. All right. Well, thanks everyone. I remember that one time I I found a caterpillar in the basement. (laughs) You sounded so so happy. I found a caterpillar in my basement. And it's the most wonderful thing I've ever done. Better than a lot of other things I've done. (laughs) Well, we'll see you all next time. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.